Welcome to the podcast. We're street smart, business smart, all kinds of smart people share their insights into the world of marketing, career journeys, and personal growth. So sit back and prepare to get enlightened with your host, Adam Posner. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast where I bring you the best and brightest from the world of business, marketing, and personal and life growth to help you harness your inner tenacity and drive your career and life forward. Some of you may know my guest today, Marcus Ogden, from his NFL days, six years as an O-lineman with the Bills, Titans, Ravens, and the Jags. But today, we will tell the story of who Marcus truly is, where he came from, and where he is headed he is a master storyteller who enjoys helping to positively influence others to achieve greatness with his own unique story. I love that man. Uh, and he talks on topics like leadership, transition, business growth, improving sales, and a lot more. And he's worked with some big name clients like JP Morgan, the Home Depot, the NFL player engagement, and amongst others. And he's also an executive coach guiding clients in how to tell their stories to help build their brand and enhance the mission of the company they work for. That's awesome. A lot of similarities that him and I have. We're going to dig into that in a little bit. And if you're asking, he's still involved with the NFL and during the offseason, he helps train football players all over the country and world, both physically and mentally. This guy is still in it to win it. And he's also the best-selling author and has a new book that just came out. Was that last week? Yeah, it came out. Um, the Success Cycle. We're going to talk about that and a whole lot more. Marcus, welcome to the podcast, my man. Thanks for coming on. How you doing, Adam? Thanks for having me. Everything going all right? We are doing well. So before we get into it, we were supposed to connect last week. We had some technical issues and we rescheduled for this week. But I was going to ask him on the show what his Super Bowl prediction was. You remember the score that you gave me? Yeah, I think I said 31. I said 31-24. No, you said 38-24. You were close. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> you yeah. said 38-24. So you weren't too far off. The final score was 31-20. So um, I, will, I will follow you on all bets. Uh, moving forward, but let's jump in here, right? <laughs> some of my some, some of my tribe may know you, some may may not, but like real high level. And this is a question that I ask guests and I ask candidates because I'm a recruiter. Tell us who you are and what you do best. We want to hear like you know where you came from, man, and what you're all about. So I'm a former NFL athlete that played in the NFL for almost six years. Got out, struggled with transition, started a construction company, built an eight figure a year business. By the time I turned thirty. By the time I turned 32 years old, lost everything, filed a Chapter 7 bankruptcy. I then became a custodian, making $8.25 an hour in the graveyard shift. Then I had my pivotal moment, and now I'm a national, international keynote speaker, best-selling author, and executive Yes, that is a great story. So as you say, you know, your story is a candid look into the life of an NFL athlete that turns a successful businessman and then you lose it all and you overcome your demons of drinking and gambling. Um, let's first talk, whenever I talk about athletes, I love to talk about that journey, right? Um, like, I love to hear like that, like in high school, like when was it that like sports and, and football came into your life? Uh, I was a freshman in high school. So I didn't play Pop Warner. I didn't play seventh, eighth grade. My right. first year playing football was my freshman year in high school. Really wasn't that talented. I was okay. I was just a big kid out there with my friends, having a good time and all that good stuff. But, uh, you know, I, I evolved into a good player by my senior year and then got scholarship to Howard to go play football nice. in college, which was great. Were you always an O-lineman? I mean, what else did you play? O-line, D-line. Yeah, you were, you, were, mm -hmm. you were always at the front there. Um, always. And then, and then like, when, when was it in college? Was it like a coach or somebody that said, 
dude, you, you've got this shit, man. Like you, you've got that, you've got that caliber, you got that pedigree and you can make it to the NFL. How did that go about? Actually, it was right after, it was right after my junior season before my last year, when a couple scouts started coming out to Howard and saying that you could be drafted and all that. That was when I kind of knew I had an opportunity to be, to be an NFL player. That's awesome. And, and who drafted you? Drafted by the Jaguars, uh, Jack so, Rio. And, and what round, what pick was that? That was sixth round, 193 to the day would be fifth, the way they chop it up. But uh, that's right. the way it was it. Yep. That's, that's awesome. And take us to that moment, right? Was it, is it a phone call? Was it through your agent? Like, like when that call comes in, how does that work? I'd love to hear great, that. Great question. So, yeah, I got a phone call from the Jaguars, from Jack Del Rio. And then I heard in the background, uh, James Shaq Harris, who's our director of player development at the time. And then I heard from Charles Bailey, who was our director of pro, uh, pro personnel. And I heard all those guys in the background. They called me and said, well, who's been calling you, Mark? And I said, I heard from Cleveland. I heard from Dallas. I heard from Cincinnati. And I remember Jack Dorio telling me this, uh, this exactly uh, verbatim. He tell, tell them all to go away. We're going to pick you the next pick. See you in Jacksonville in, in a week. And that was it. How good does that feel to be wanted, man? Right? We're, we're like, and listen, you know how it is, right? I mean, you know, you're not in the first round. You're not one of, right? Like, you know where you stand, right? But like, you, you know that you're about to make it. Like, you know, you, you're pretty damn confident you're going to get drafted. And sixth round is pretty awesome, man, right? Knowing the numbers game of the NFL, right? Like, what does that feel like? What does that phone call like feel like? That's like you, that's the top of the top of the mountain, the pros. Take us back to that moment. What did that feel well, like inside? Well, it, it felt like, man, that all that hard work I had done in high school, college was worth it. It made me realize right. that, wow, all the stuff I did from the running and the lifting and the, all the practices and the getting the hell beat out of Hours. Actually turned and paid off where someone said, now we're going to pay you for your skill set to play football. I love it. That's awesome. So I had, um, I don't know if you know Hakeem Valles. I had him on the show. He was awesome. I had him on last week and, and I asked him this question. Um, Let's talk about rookie season, right? And there's always like, I'm not asking you to say what happens in the locker room, stays in the locker room. I'm not asking to go there. But tell, tell us like one quick crazy story from your rookie year. Uh, you know, like you're, you're, you're in the pros, man. Like you're first class, everything here. Like tell us, a, tell us a quick funny story. I love this shit. I remember when uh, after training camp was over, the first training camp as a rookie, they had where the veterans were beating up all the, the rookies. And I remember they were beating us up for fun, but then they ended up shaving like our heads and stuff like oh, no. that. I remember, I remember a couple of the guys shaved my head. And then Donovan Darius, who was a, was a first round pick a few years before me from out of Syracuse, he said, hey, Marcus, I didn't see you get your hair cut. I said, well, what do you mean you didn't see me get my hair cut? Like, uh -oh. oh, I'm sorry, right here. I mean, what do you mean you didn't see me get my hair cut? Like, I'm literally, I have nothing, <laughs> nothing left. He said, well, I didn't see it. So uh, have a seat. I'm going to cut your eyebrows off. Oh, and that's what they did. <laughs> Motherfucker. He cut, my, he cut my eyebrows off. So, and, I, and, oh, I tell him, and I tell him to this day, I said, man, you know what, dude? Why did you, why you cut my eyebrows off? Like, you could have kept cutting my hair. Like, why that's my hazing. eyebrows? You know what I'm saying? Why my eyebrows? You know what I mean? So anyway, so that was a funny story where I remember getting oh, my eyebrows cut. Well, it's not funny when you went home. No, I mean, but it was, it was cause I had, I hadn't, I wasn't married. I had no kids. So it was all right, but it was definitely something I tell about the time. Did it, it was a real good experience. And, and did it make dating life tough? I mean, how long did it take you to get back to action? <laughs> yeah. Wow, well, it's man. a good story, right? Like, listen, if you're going out there and doing your thing, it's a good story. It was. Right? I mean, it was, it's an icebreaker. It took, it, took, it took me, it took me about damn near two months to get my eyebrows to come back. 
All right. Well, that's a learning experience. So um, I don't want to spend too much of this episode talking about the NFL days because that's a separate show. And I, as much as I love football and all that, but I do want to fast forward a little bit and, and talk about um, retirement. Talk a little bit about that decision. How did that come about? And, you know, what was that decision like? I ended up having some back issues uh, when I was with the Titans. I had lost some weight, and my, my father passed away the year before that, so I wasn't really training like I should have, yeah. you know, getting in the gym and all that. And then my body started breaking down. I started playing. I was in camp doing well, but then I had a really bad back injury, and I made the decision that I can't play this game anymore at the high level that it needs to be played at, and it's time to walk away. So I walked away, got a settlement, and uh, I was 27. Yeah, I was 27 years old. Yeah, man. I mean, that's tough, man. No, he went to walk away and you hear about this all the time. I mean, it's a short lifespan. If you look at like the total numbers of total NFL athletes versus that are still in the game. I mean, it's a, it's a physically demanding sport and, and I, and I applaud you for that. So age of 27, you walk away and you founded a construction company called Caden Premier Enterprises. Uh, mm -hmm. And that business grew, man. And as you said before, you know, that was, that was, that was hauling it in, but then shit went downhill and you lost a business after a bad endeavor. Um, not to dwell on that endeavor, but take us back to that moment. Like, the feeling of what happened when that shit went down. But more importantly, what did you learn after it? So basically, the company went down because I became a horrible boss and didn't stay a good leader. And what really happened is we took on a project for a big contract with a client of mine for about four and a half million dollars. We hit a snag. We had to spend about two and a half million dollars in 90 days on a project spent the money and went back to get paid by the developer and contractor. They denied the change order and I went bankrupt. So, yeah. so, you know, and I took it all the time. What I learned is in business, every business deal stands on its own. Just because you work with someone prior doesn't mean that's going to carry over into the next job. Right. But let's unpack that for a minute there. Right. Like I, I fully understand what you're saying, right? You have to do your diligence on, on each one, but I assume you had, you know, a trustful relationship with that vendor before this fell through. Oh, absolutely. I did. But again, you know, trusting someone and being buddy, buddy, when everything is great, is easy. Trusting someone when there's almost two and a half million dollars of unpaid money out there because they shook your hand and said, do the work. Then it comes time to get paid for the work. Well, we're not going to pay the change on it. You have no contract and nothing to prove yeah, got, or show. You got to get pen. That's you got to get pen. You got You got to get pen on paper. So lesson learned, man. So you, you hit rock bottom, and what happened to you emotionally? Right, you got into some drinking and gambling. What happened there? Oh, I know. There was no gambling. I got into heavy drinking because gambling. Was I don't want to say gambling. I, I, Sorry, no, no gambling. No, 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 no. I got into gambling after I left the NFL because I had not, I, I, that was then. Then yeah, drinking. After the NFL. Real, correct. Drinking really came in, man. When. I was just drinking cheap Miller Lite beer. Like I had no, I couldn't afford anything else. Like there was no lavish money because I was broke. So yeah. I was just drinking like $7, 12 packs of Miller Lights because I was so embarrassed where, where I was. Uh, that's tough, man. Definitely not in playing shape with those beers. That, that, that certainly nah. Uh, nah. didn't help there. So what was rock bottom, man, right? You're sitting there drinking away your sorrows. You lost a bunch of money. You're out of the NFL, right? Is this rock bottom? Take us to rock bottom, man. Rock, rock bottom, man, was when I was a custodian making $8 an hour, and I had somebody's trash, spoiled milk, rotten banana peels, rotten meat get on my bare skin because I was throwing the trash out at 4.30 in the morning. Yeah, man. And I, I, I really, truly believe this. I mean, this is your story, not mine, but I, I, I vividly recall hitting rock bottom and you know, really having to dig down and find that inner tenacity to pull myself up. And I use that time as rock bottom to know where I don't want to be ever again. 
Right. That's right. Right. Exactly like, right. like, and I don't think, and, and I think you would agree with me because we're going to talk about the, the climb back here, the, the comeback story. I needed to hit that rock bottom. I needed to see the bottom of that fucking well and know that I never want to be there again and do everything I can to pull myself up. So now you're standing there. It's 430 in the morning. You got shit all over your hands and you're like, fuck, this is not where I want to be in life. This is not me. I know I'm better than this. How did you claw your way back, man? Tell us that story. Came home, sat down, wrote out my goals, made a decision. I wanted to be a keynote speaker to help other NFL athletes not go bankrupt like I did. That's why I started. That was my why. I started working. It took me a long time to get my first paid job. But on that journey, I saw a lot of other people were having the same problems. People that weren't athletes, veterans, right. people that were in corporate America. So that's when I started to customize my presentations to different audiences. And that's where I am where I am today. But I started to help athletes not go bankrupt. That's good. I mean, because a lot of these guys, right? I mean, we're talking, you know, it doesn't matter if you're white, black, yellow, or brown, right? A lot of these are college kids that come from all over the country and they never really learn anything aside from football, right? They didn't learn about business. Maybe they had passions for it. But then, as you said, just like you, many NFL athletes and other athletes, like the, it's, a, it's a short lifespan, right? We only see those guys at the top. The Brady's are 42 years old, right? Like that's, that's fucking insane. What's the average life? What's the average uh, career for an NFL player? Maybe like five or six years max or less than that. Right? God, no, it's like 1.8. That's insane, man. And that's due to injuries and just the stress and injury, stress, retirement, all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. And we also have to remember the NFL roster, right? The NFL roster that you see on the field, you don't even see the, the practice squads on it. The, like these are massive organizations of players, right? So if you encompass all of them, and correct me if I'm wrong, like if you make the practice squad on a team, you, you get into the NFLPA, is that kind of like the... You do, yeah. If, you, right. if, you're, on, if you're on a roster for a year, and if you go to the practice squad, that, those years count towards your retirement, yes. Right, so we're talking a large-scale number of, 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 of guys that, that need this type of advice and coaching. Um, I want to shift to leadership a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. Were you always a natural leader, or did you have to find that in, in your life and, and career? Was it, tell us a little oh, bit about that. Absolutely. I mean, I found that, man, just from being around some fantastic people like Coach Del Rio, uh, you know, Jeff Fisher, Ryan Billick, you know, being around guys like Ray Lewis, you know, Ed Reed. Leadership is something that you really learn by the actions you do or the actions you see. So leadership to 100%. me was a huge part of just being around so many great people. A lot of also great business owners like the Weaver family owned Nine Shoe, they own the Jaguars. Steve Bashotti on Aerotech, which is a labor company who owns the Ravens. So being around a lot of those great business minds from the NFL really did help me become a better leader when I started my construction company after I retired. No, I love that, man. Um, who was the greatest player that influenced you? Two questions. Who was the greatest player that influenced you as a player? And who was the greatest player that influenced you as a leader? Uh, greatest person influenced me as a player was going to It's actually two in one. It's both person, Ray Lewis and Ray Lewis. Uh, from a player perspective, never saw a guy who did who had so much passion for the game, and every time he would hit the field, it was like he did it with excellence. And then as awesome. a lead, as a leader, he was always the guy that was on the field first, off the field last. He was in the locker room first to kind of help you know, before practice. He was out last talking to guys. Everything Ray Lewis did as a player and as a leader exemplified excellence at the highest level i love it man and, and and let's shift from leadership to a logical a logical you know cousin which is confidence right and you talk about how confidence is not a light switch that you could turn easily on and off but it's gradual and it takes 
momentum to build it and, and keep it. Like, let's talk about your confidence and where it comes from and how do you sustain it? Confidence comes from your strengths, knowing what you do well, but turning it on when you need to turn it on to execute a given task. If you can turn on confidence by being having good physiology, controlling your mental focus, and believing you deserve success, you can be confident. But don't become ego-driven where confidence is what you are all the time. I was, I was right about to get to that, man, right? Like, because I feel like for me personally, um, I've never been more confident in my life. And that breeds happiness. It breeds success. It breeds all those things too. And I have to be very, very mindful for myself of balancing ego and confidence and knowing, right? How do, like knowing where you stand confident wise, like I know I'm that successful. And I think it comes down to being humble, um, and, and self-awareness, man. Like, have you always been self-aware? Like, is that something that you've always had? Like we always able to like reflect and be like, I know where I'm at right now. I know what my strengths are. I know what my weaknesses are. Talk a little bit about self-awareness. So I did not become self-aware really and truly until I became, I went bankrupt because that's what happened in my business was I was so successful. I was confident all the time, which gave me an ego. And I stopped being self-aware of what I was doing right and or wrong. And that's when I lost my company. So today I'm self-aware that I'll be confident when I need to be, but when it's time to be regular me and I'm out on stage speaking or coaching someone, I go back to the normal markets and I bring it down Baseline. to square ones, right? No, I love that, man. So talk about the business that you have now. What have you built? So I've built, been very blessed to build, I call it the Tony Robbins model, where you use speaking and leverage it for other opportunities like consulting, workshops. I've, I've authored two books. I have parts of businesses I own, or I'll, I'll partner with people doing like development projects, whatever the case may be. But speaking is the number one you know, catalyst of our business. It drives yeah. everything else. Yeah. So let's talk about public speaking. Is it something that always came naturally to you? Did you do it in, in school? Did you do it at Howard? Did you do it in the NFL? Or was it all afterwards? I did some keynote speaking. Well, I did some communication studying at Howard University. I did a lot of uh, public speaking when I was in the NFL, for like Gatorade camp, stuff like that. But when I, I started learning about speaking from my business and that what really helped me was I got mentored by a lady named Mel Robbins, who's an amazing speaker. I know, then, I know Mel. Mel's amazing. And then I went to actually, she, uh, Mel actually endorsed my book, The Success Cycle. And then I, got, I went to a program at Penn State learn how to utilize my football and my past business experiences in my life to be able to talk the verbiage in speaking on stage, coaching people. Those two have been the biggest game changers in my career as a keynote speaker, executive coach, and uh, trainer. I love it, man. So what advice, right, so me, like I'm getting out there, I'm doing panels, I'm doing all that type of stuff. I've yet to give my first keynote, but I've spoken in front of some big audiences. What kind of advice would you give me to really help build my, my confidence as a speaker? Um, and then secondly, like how do, I, how do I book more speaking engagements? So you need to have four things. You need to have a good website, good videos of you in action. You got to have a good client list and some testimonials. But when you're starting out, understand, start out and speak on what you're most confident on. Don't take any jobs where you can't tie in your personal stories to the theme of that talk. So if you can do that, and then you can get, I call them those four pillars in your archive 
that will help push you to start getting paid speaking engagements. Yeah, no, I absolutely love it. So let's talk about the book, right? It came out last week on the 28th of January, uh, the success, success cycle, and it's comprised of three components that when these are implemented correctly, give you the best chance to create long lasting success and prosperity. I got that tagline right. Um, give, us an over, give us an overview of the book, but more importantly, why the hell should I pick your book up and read it? Great question. The success cycle is a book comprised talking about three major things to help you achieve success. To answer your other question, why pick up your, my, our book? You need to pick up our book because it's going to help inspire you, but more importantly, it's going to give you action steps to go from where you are to where you want to be. And it's a very simple, easy read. I'm not like this brainiac, like, you know, yeah. mind this. I'm not doing all that because a lot of times people keep are like, it what actionable. are you saying? Actionable and keep it very simple. It talks about three major things. That's it. Ambition, creating your goals, setting goals, creating a roadmap. What are you good at? You know, that's what that first part's about. Drive, be inspired to make a long systemic change over just being motivated for a short term. How you do that. And then it goes into hard work, focus on yourself and not so much the competition. And then you put those three things into your cycle and hit repeat and you have the underlying foundation of you know where you want to go in life. That's when you can have success. And it's very yeah. simple, very easy, very action driven. I love it because I think so many people out there and so many talking heads and, and gurus, quote unquote, they overcomplicate it. Right. Do. Success doesn't have to be complicated. Let's talk to everyday people. Right. Like, listen, I, I have Ray Dalio's principles book. I bought it. I bought the hardcover edition and it's literally like it, it's like it's yeah. huge. Right. Yeah. And like I started to go through it, man, and, and my head started to spin and I put it down and now I just take little bites out of it when I need to. But like it's got to be digestible, man. and It's got to be, um, you know, relatable to everybody. Um, so let's bring it back. Let's bring it home here on, on the backside. Um, you know, I got some questions that I like to ask every guest. I'd love to get you know, perspective on this. Marcus, what does the word authentic mean to you? It means telling your true self and not worrying about being judged. That's a good one, man. And what is the greatest piece of advice that you ever received, but that you take action on every single day? Huh. Consistency wins the race. Amen. Amen. And what would you say is your greatest professional accomplishment? Huh. I, well, Twofold, football-wise, being drafted into the National Football League, and then business-wise, publishing our second book. The first book was just my story. The second book is more action items that anybody can use in their own life, and we're just getting tons of great reviews, tons of great responses. So the success cycle is one of our biggest professional accomplishments so far to date. That's awesome. So I usually finish the show with two questions, which I get to in a little bit. But if you don't mind playing a quick game with me that I want to try. Okay, let's go. All right, here we go. So I found this thing online. It's called Poddex, right? And it's a deck of cards. And it's got different questions on each of them. Right? So I'm going to pick uh, a couple of random cards here. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try this out. One, two, three, four, five. This is the first time we're doing it. So bear with me. Okay. Mm -hmm. let, let, let's see. Let's see if I could all right, so we'll go from my, my right, your left. One, two, three, four, five. Pick, pick two numbers. Okay, I'll pick number one and five. All right, here we go. We're trying it out. I appreciate you being my, my guinea pig here. All right. Okay, here we go. Here's the first question for everybody. What is your most unusual talent? Um, what am I most unusual talent? I can do the Pee Wee Herman dance. 
Are you a Pee Wee fan? Uh, before the whole stuff came out, <laughs> yeah, but uh, now, no, whatever. But before all that, yeah. when I was younger, I loved Pee Wee Herman, sure. All right, here's the second question on the card, and this one's super relevant, man. If you had a personal mascot, what would it be? Oh, God. If I had a personal I would say a lion. <laughs> Why? You know, because it's, to me, lions are, they, they're called the king of the jungle per se, but more importantly, what they are is they're very, very smart and they're very, very good at going through terrain, going through territory, and they're very good at getting things done that need to get done to move their pack. So that's exactly why I like the lion. I, I love it, man. All right, so I'll bring it home. And I've been asking these two questions on every single episode of the podcast. First and foremost, Marcus, what do you do better than almost anyone in this universe that makes you unique, makes you who you are? What is your superpower? My superpower is I can get along with almost everybody. And that is very hard to do because a lot of people sometimes, they want to talk about how great they are or they want to always put themselves in the best light or they don't want to talk about their failures. Or they don't want to ask questions and be engaged with other people. Well, I've learned that acting like that gets you nowhere. So one of my big superpowers is being able to get along with almost everybody. Now that's incredible. And last but not least, right? You've been to the top of the mountain, right? You've been there. You made it to the NFL, the highest level that you could be in your profession. And then within a couple of years, you were at rock bottom, man. You were literally had shit all over your hands. You didn't know what was going on in life, where you wanted to be, and you climbed yourself back. And I applaud you for that, man. That's called fucking tenacity. But when you were down in the dumps, right, and you had to look up, you had to look to something to pull you up. And then on the other side of that, when you're standing there at the 50-yard line in front of thousands of people on nationwide TV, what did you look to for gratitude? What did you look to to pull yourself up? Marcus, what is your North Star? My North Star is my family. Like, that's my North Star, because my wife and I met July of 2012, and I'm filing a bankruptcy in April of 2013. She literally was with me for about, give or take, six to eight months, and she stayed with me through that entire process, where most people would have been, yeah, I'm out. And I even gave her, I even told her, I said, look, if you want to go ahead and leave, I understand. You didn't sign up for this. I get it. No. no problem. But she said no. And we worked through it. And we had lots of sleepless nights. We had lots of arguments. We had lots of disagreements. We had lots of, you know, I, I don't know if it's going to work out because we were just that frustrated and we had just been through so much. But at the end, we always knew that we were going to make it work no matter how ugly it got. But really, so my family, but really That's more importantly, my wife, my wife is the North Star because she could have left me at any time. Right. God bless, right? God bless a good woman to keep you straight, right? I, I, hear, I hear you on that, man. Marcus, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me, man. This is a great conversation. And I hope that we can stay connected here because I think there's a lot that we can help each other out with. You know, I'm a connector and I think that there's a lot of people that you and I could, uh, you know, connect with and, and, and make stronger together. Um, where can folks find you? Where can they connect with you? Uh, they can find me on LinkedIn uh, at Marcus Ogden, M-A-R-Q-U-E-S-O-G-D-E-N. They can find me on uh, Facebook, Marcus Ogden, Instagram at Marcus Ogden. My website is www.marcusogden.com. And you can connect with me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Ogden. So any of the social medias, my website, uh, awesome. you can reach out to us and get connected. Awesome, man. Uh, what's in store for you for 2020? What's on the radar? 
We're working right now on some online courses to get more residual income. Uh, you know, we're positioning ourselves. I'll, I'll be 40 at the end of this year. So positioning ourselves to start getting more of uh, business ownership through speaking, leveraging, you love know, on, on stage, stuff like that. Are you scared of turning 40? You're looking forward to it. I just did it last year. I'm turning 41 about a month from today. So I went no, through my 40. I'm fine, man. I mean, at this point, like, I, was, I put a picture. I look younger today than when I was actually, like, in, in, in college. So it is what it is. <laughs> Good for you, man. Marcus, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I appreciate you, and I appreciate your time. Absolutely, man. Thanks a lot for having me on. Awesome. And to everyone listening, thank you again for joining us on the podcast. Please be sure to follow us on all the social media channels. We'll link you up below to my stuff, to Marcus's stuff. Remember to subscribe, comment, network. Remember, take your online, offline, and catch us next week for another great episode of the podcast. Wisdom is forever, but for us, it's time to go. Thank you for joining us. Luckily, we'll be back with our next episode, jam-packed with more incredible humans. For more info, please visit www.nhptalentgroup.com.